Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. I'm Christopher Tate, and welcome to this market wrap edition of Talking Trading. This is one of the sort of uh, new features that we mentioned were coming this year. I'll be doing these market wraps on a regular basis. And if there's something that pops up during the week, I'll also release a little special edition. Now, the thing to note about these is they will come out on a Monday rather than a Wednesday when the regular podcast is released. And that brings me to an, an important point. If you're picking this up on a podcast feed, to get the full experience, you'll actually have to head over to our YouTube channel uh, to pick up the video of that goes along with this chat because it's technical analysis, so I'll be talking about charts. What I'll do is put the link to our YouTube channel in the show notes, but you can easily find it by going to youtube.com slash trading game. And so in terms of housekeeping, before I begin, there's one thing I actually have to do. And that is, because I'm talking about charts, I'm talking about things that may be considered to be advice, it is to give you our general advice warning. Nothing I mention during this episode can be considered to be personal advice. Our conversation is very, very general in nature. And so it's not directed at any one individual and takes no account of their personal circumstances. In terms of the structure of these, what I'm going to do is look at the overall market, sort of set the scene for what I think the tempo and tone of the market is, and then look at a handful of instruments I will be looking at during the week, which I think present me with opportunities. So in terms of the overall market. When we look at the US Big Four, we see something interesting occurring at the end of last week, and that is that the market was actually quite positive. And this quick little snip from Finviz, which I use regularly, it gives you an indication of what the overall theme has been over the past few weeks. It's been of a declining market across all indices, followed by this bounce. The only point I will make about this chart and about this particular bounce is that if you look at the volume along the bottom, it is not that convincing. Our preference for these sorts of uh, recoveries is that they're volume heavy, that they have a lot of investor interest. And at present, we don't seem to have that, which whilst not a major feature and is something we'd like to have, is something to bear in the back of your mind. So if we break the week down into how it appeared in the US, 
modest start, slight dip, recovery, positive week for all four indices. And in the short term, that's a good thing. It is actually good to see a little bit of life coming back into the market after the somewhat uh, serious belting it's taken this year. But that raises the spectre of the fact that this is a bounce within an overall slip in the market. And this is these indices' performance year to date. And you can see they're all negative, and the worst performer has been the NASDAQ 100. And some of you will recall a video I did a few weeks ago looking at technology stocks and the absolute caning most of those have taken. And that's the driver of this end of the market. It is simply that we've had this very, very much hyper-asset bubble in technology stocks, and that seems to be unwinding at present. And that unwinding is causing the damage that you see to the NASDAQ. We see something interesting when we compare the Australian market to the S&P 500. Now, a a point of sort of uh, definition of terms. I use the S&P 500 as a point of reference, not the Dow. The Dow is a very idiosyncratic, somewhat silly index. And whilst it gives a, a sense of the overall tone of US markets, it is 30 stocks that are picked in a very idiosyncratic way. It's by no means representative of the broader market. If you're trying to get a sense of the performance of heavyweights in the US, then it's really incumbent upon you to use the S&P 500. On this chart, I've actually plotted, because of availability, an ETF uh, traded out of the US that covers the ASX 200. That's why the code EWA appears. It's a perfect analogue for the ASX 200, so it serves its purpose. Last week, we had a reasonable week locally. Not brilliant, but reasonable. But there is a twist in this, which is actually very, very interesting. And that is that when we look at the year-to-date performance of our market versus the US, you actually see that we are more positive than they are. And the reasons for that will become apparent in a moment. But all declines in market are a matter of context. Before you can actually start to trade something, you actually have to understand the environment within which you exist and the context that is operating. And if we look at the S&P 500 over a longer time frame, and we plot it weekly, we see that this decline that we've had since the beginning of the year is you don't really want to say only 18%, but it is only 18%. The COVID bump was 34 During the GFC, the S&P 500 halved. So if we were to put it in context, yes, it is disturbing that markets go down. But within the overall theme or spectrum of falls, it's really not that bad. You could consider this to be somewhat of a savage retracement rather than a crash of any sort. And yes, it it did briefly fulfil the criteria of a correction being down 20%, but that's simply one of those made-up numbers that traders like to bandy about. So 
for this index itself, for the broader part of the US market, putting aside the damage done to technology stocks, yes, prices have come off, but it's nowhere near as hysterical as perhaps either social media or the mainstream media would have you believe. And that does lead me to a point, and that is that social media and mainstream media are hysterical because they've had focus on technology-based stocks. They've had a focus on that bubble. And when you get an unwinding of a bubble like that, you do tend to get this very, very breathless hyperbole because we come back to a point I make all the time we have a generation of investors who don't understand that stocks can actually go down, and this is what we're seeing now. So in terms of what it means from a technical aspect for traders, this is a longer-term chart of the S&P 500 with mid-term moving average run through it. One of the things I do see people doing in particular is they're desperately looking to place moving averages on the chart which confirm their point of view. So what they're actually doing is they're trying to find a periodicity of a moving average that shows that the market has bounced. You can only have a single source of truth in all your trading. And you stick to that single source of truth because from that derives all decisions. You cannot meander about and attempt to postictively find something that agrees with the way you think. And what this tells me is, post-2020, market had a wonderful bounce where it effectively doubled. Exceptional performance. It's now hit the wall and is coming back. And despite the performance last week, it is still technically in the long term in a downtrend. That's simply the picture that the market presents. And there's really nothing you can do about that because that is the reality of this truth. Yes, we had a bounce, but we're still having a bounce within a longer-term downtrend. So if you're a portfolio trader, if you're someone who relies upon longer-term outsized gains, then at present, it is most likely that your systems for all equities markets around the world have switched off. And as a result of that, I'm not going to be talking about equity opportunities in this particular market wrap because my systems are switched off. And one thing you never do as a general rule is buy stocks in a falling market. And in fact, you don't buy any instrument in a falling market. That's simply idiocy. But that does not mean that within the index itself, there are not short-term trading opportunities. And this is a daily chart same midterm moving average and you can see we're at that nexus point of a bounce where for shorter term index traders there are opportunities appearing to actually shift from being neutral to actually going long the index itself not the components of the index not stocks within it but the index itself and it will be very interesting to see how this unfolds during the week however there is a point that i need to mention The bounce on Friday incorporates the Americans running into their Memorial Day weekend. So they have a long weekend. So you may have an artificial fill-up because of that. In terms of our market, we saw before that our market was 
outperforming the US over the short term. And the reason for that is quite simple. Instead of falling, we're locked in a sideways channel. Our market is going sideways. And so this just means that we're churning on the spot, we're sitting on the spot. And it's quite a well-defined channel, particularly in terms of the upside. When you have clearly defined resistance to prices moving higher, you actually have a very powerful signal because it's very, very binary. Prices either move through or they don't and they fall away. They don't track along the line of resistance. They move to it and either move through or fall away. And you can see we had this resistance point just above, let's call it 70, let's give it a round number, we'll call it 7650. And we're also bouncing around around 7150, 7100. We're just holding there. And in the short term, this again also sets itself up for potential opportunities for shorter term index traders. So you have a clearly defined upper limit. And it's a, it's a fairly wide range. We're talking of the order of 500 points which for index traders is a sizable gain in the short term. So depending upon how this unfolds during the week, this does present the potential for an upside trade for index traders. But as an overall statement, equities markets at present, to my way of thinking, and this is my truth, are not presenting themselves in a mechanism that is, or a way that is conducive for long equities opportunities. That they just don't exist. The most money in equities markets is made when everything is going up and everybody is bullish. And so that requires that you have a mechanism for looking at the long-term trend and you simply say to yourself, well, if I trade S&P 500 stocks, I will only trade them when price is above the moving average or some other long-term filter that you might have. Now, in terms of things that I am looking at this week as potential candidates for a trade, first one I want to look at is Bitcoin. And this is the drawdown in Bitcoin this year, which has been quite savage and has really, really rattled the faithful and it is one of the worst performing asset classes of this year by far. But that does not mean that it doesn't present opportunities for trading. And this is the, this is the thing we're after. We're after opportunities for trading. So when I look at Bitcoin, I see this. I see something that has peaked last year, bottomed last year, peaked again last year, and is doing so again. And I've drawn this block, almost like a rod, at around the mid to low 28,000 mark. And you can see that in the short term at present, Bitcoin is trending down. And personal disclaimer, I have been short these instruments on and off. My concern and consideration for this is that from a technical aspect and a purely technical aspect, 
there's very little between 28,000 and 10,000. So if it gave up this support level, there's not a lot to catch it. And you can tell that because of Bitcoin's initial rise from the 10,000 mark. It was very strong, there were very few pullbacks, and it simply went up. And so when we look at this, when we drill down, you can see prices compressing towards this zone of resistance I put. You can see that the candles are getting smaller. You're getting this compression. And at present, this if, if you have no position, this presents no trade to me as of yet. To go long in using daily charts as I do, you would have to see this punch up dramatically. But if it fell through here, that presents an opportunity for the short side. So in summary, at present, it's simply compressing. It's not doing anything that really gets my attention. Certainly, this compression of prices, compression of candlestick is something to look at and something to be aware of. But, and it, it is, I don't want to use the word ominous because I, that has too much emotional import. I think the word concerning is better. If you are a long-side player in Bitcoin at present, this, this is something that would concern me. But moving on to commodities. Brent crude occupies a part in the constellation of commodities that I trade. And you can see there's, let's call it two distinct phases in this chart. There's the rise from late 2021, and now we have this congestion. This congestion to me, this system has already fired a shorter term signal for me to go long. And I'm just waiting for the longer term system to fire. For me, a true break above 125 is a very, very strong signal. The short-term system itself has plenty of room to manoeuvre within this congestion. And this is a very, very broad band of congestion. We're talking about the range of 124 to 96, 97. So it's, it's wide enough to trade for short-term traders. I'm simply waiting for this daily signal to fire itself off. Oats is one of those commodities, or soft commodities, slash grain commodities, which along with many, many others, has done very, very well and is now going sideways. This bounce from the 600 mark is a signal for me to go along on all of my signals, and I'm waiting to go again for this. I had originally been short Oats when she bounced down from the 820 mark and found support at 600. And the particularly long explosive move here, if it has not convinced you that something is occurring, then I'm not actually certain what will. However, the thing to note about commodities is, or these particular types of commodities is, they're very, very much tied at present to emotional perceptions of what is happening with the war in Ukraine and what might happen to food supplies much of which, again, is breathless hyperbole. But that doesn't matter. 
because if that's the perception, this is the reality. And all you have to do is understand that nexus and trade the reality as it appears. Next one I want to look at is there's actually some interesting things occurring in currency markets. I've picked Pound Aussie for a particular reason in that I'm very, very much interested in this sort of, let's call it a zone of slop that is occurring, that which I've marked on the chart. You have something very interesting occurring. You have these long tails on each of the candles. So you have this almost quite, you have this indecision. You have traders hopping from foot to foot. And my experience has been that when traders are hopping from foot to foot, eventually they will find their rhythm and eventually they'll find a direction. So whilst at present this presents nothing to me more than interest, it is something that I look at at the end of each session to see whether they've actually made up their mind and decided as to which direction they're going to go in. And so it's, it's one of those stories that is unfolding and I'm simply waiting for something to occur. This is perhaps what I consider one of the most interesting charts in uh, FX at present. And we need to view this within very much a broader narrative. And the broader narrative is over the past few periods, there has been action in the weakening of the US dollar. The US dollar had been quite strong, but has weakened across the board. And we can see that when we look at this particular chart, We've got this breakout from this nice little formation and price has popped quite strongly. What is interesting about this formation is that it's very much worth looking at in detail because it gives an example of how understanding the background to uh, a market and understanding how to read price can actually convey most of the information you will need. You will notice that the charts I show are very, very simple. They don't have a, a plethora of bits and pieces drawn over them, and nor do I have pretend little lines heading off into the future where I think the market will go. Because in reality, I have no idea. And more importantly, since you're trading your money, you actually need to know that you have no idea either. We come back to this notion that trading is reactive. We respond to what is occurring. We don't predict what is occurring. But if we look at this in more detail, and we blow it up a little bit, we see these two formation, these two candlesticks at the bottom of this particular range, where they almost effectively cancel one another out. So you have, leading into this, you have bearish, 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 indecisive bearish, but then that last move is cancelled out. You can think of this almost as an algebraic equation where we've taken the same value away from each side and we're now, let's call it one all, and we start again. And the starting again gives us this candle, which is a rejection of the low and a move higher. We then have this little triad where we block for a little bit, then we have this... It's not a dramatically bullish engulfing candle, but it is strong. We then head into the pennant and we break out of that. 
So simply looking at price has told you a good part of the story. And then when we look at other charts on the US dollar, you get a sense this is part of a wider move of the US dollar pulling back against currencies it had been strong against. So you have a very broad picture of what is happening to a currency on a macro scale. And then you drill down to what is happening to a currency or what is happening to price on a micro scale. And from there, you're actually able to make a decision. And the final thing I want to look at, again, is the US dollar yen, which had been very, very strong. And it had this wonderful move from March, but is weakening. My system has given a tentative self-signal on this, but it is waiting for confirmation. And it's waiting for confirmation simply because this previous uptrend was so strong. And it sits there waiting. So you can see this downtrend appearing. There's a little bit of indecision at the end of it, but <clears throat> a breakthrough this 127, 126.5 mark will fire me in. So in summary for this week, we've got a series of positive moves in US indices for the ending of the week. It will be interesting to see whether that follows through or whether that was very much a flash in the pan and is simply a counter-trend movement against the longer-term downtrend that US markets are actually in and, in fact, which most markets are in. Our market has largely escaped a lot of that carnage because we're stuck in this sideways band. And that's very much a glass-half-full, half-empty scenario. It's neither good nor bad. It just is what it is. It would be preferable if markets were much more positive. It would be preferable if our market was going gangbusters across the board, but it's not. So it is what it is. And in terms of what I'm looking to this week, because my equity filters are off, my focus turns to commodities and FX. And I am interested in the unfolding story in things like crude and oats. And undoubtedly, other bits and pieces will appear during the week. But in terms of a global perspective, in terms of a big macro move, the one that does interest me the most is what's happening with the US dollar. So my focus come the opening on Monday will be how US yen opens, how Aussie US opens. And so largely that's my focus for the week. But single thought to leave you with. And it is one of trying to obtain clarity amongst what at present is a very, very noisy market. Before you undertake any strategy, before you undertake any new position, before you do anything, do one thing, and that is pause and wait. Give yourself a few moments, think about the position, and then come back to it. Because in that moment of reflection, it might be that it is not as good an idea as you actually thought it was. <laughs>